Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello, happy okay-ish Wednesday. I hope everyone had a lovely and safe holiday last week. And if you've looked at the calendar, tomorrow is New Year's Eve. Oh, I hate New Year's Eve. I'll get into that in a second. But before I get into that, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Mary Ellen Dance. It's where I post a lot of updates and information for you. And as always, I'm so glad that you're here with me. So the new year always brings stress. Always, always, always. And right now, we're in a year where everyone is daydreaming that once the clock hits midnight for 2021, everything will be magically better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am also daydreaming about that. But I hate to break it to you. It's not that realistic. (laughs) And like I said a second ago, I have always hated New Year's Eve. Always, always, always. It took me a really, really long time to realize why I always hated New Year's Eve. Because when I was younger, you know, I'd have friends that would get all gussied up and get excited to go to bars or parties or whatever it might be. And and I was never excited about it. And I thought there was something wrong with me. But I think I figured out why I've always hated New Year's Eve. And I wanted to share it with you because maybe you can relate. So I've hated it because I put so much pressure on myself for it to be perfect, for it to be great and magical and just wonderful. And you know, what usually happens for me at least is, you know, within the first 20 minutes of the new year, something annoys me or frustrates me or whatever, or I say something where I put my foot in my mouth and I think, well, there goes the perfect new year. (laughs) Can anyone relate? We put so, so much pressure on the new year. And this year, we are all putting even more pressure on the new year because 2020 has been such a shit show. That's just like a recipe for disaster. I hate to break it to all of you. Hence, why I'm talking about it today. With all this being said, I don't think it comes as a surprise to any of us that gyms are the busiest in January. I believe that the statistics say that it's about the first two to three weeks of January before people give up on their New Year's resolutions. And normally, in in other years, about 60% of the population would, would make New Year's resolutions and then... Oh, I I forget how many would actually complete them or keep them, but a very, very low percentage. But this year for 2021, because 2020 has been so crazy, for 2021, a recent survey said that 75% of people are planning on making New Year's resolutions. 
So like on the one hand, that's great that, you know, people want to make these resolutions. But on the other hand, the experts say that it's about the first two to three weeks before people give up. So what do we do about that? I even see it in my business, you guys. I have a therapy practice and I get a lot of New Year's resolution clients, right? People who say, okay, one of my resolutions is that I'll finally go to therapy. I've thought about it for a long time. I'll finally go to therapy, which don't get me wrong. That's awesome. But this resolution cycle is not. So like, what do we do about that? How do we get out of this nasty cycle, this cycle of putting pressure on ourselves for things to be perfect? This cycle of putting about two weeks of effort into New Year's resolutions and then never looking back except, you know, to maybe feel slightly guilty and bad about ourselves. Like, what do we do about that? So I will tell you a lot of it has to do with our mindset and our motivation. And I did an episode a while ago um, called The Truth About Trendy Therapy Terms, where I talk about mindset and motivation and how we can actually look at our mindset and meet ourselves where we're at. And so you know, go back and listen to that episode. But if you haven't listened to it, I will summarize that we have to set realistic expectations for ourselves. We have to meet ourselves where we're at. If I've never ran before and my resolution is to run five miles, that's just going to overwhelm me and I'm going to say, screw it. I'm not doing this, right? We have to meet ourselves where we're at. We have to recognize what we want we have to recognize realistic expectations. The The other thing is so many people make resolutions based off of what other people are doing, not what they actually want. I have zero interest in running. Do you know how many times I've set a goal for myself to get interested in running and start running and be able to, you know, run, run a mile or three miles or whatever? So many times until I realize I don't like running. I don't want to do this just because other people do this doesn't mean that I want to do it. (laughs) So oftentimes we are in this cycle because one, we're not being realistic with ourselves. We got to be realistic. We have to meet ourselves where we're at. And then two, we have to make goals that we actually want to do. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy, but we have to do things we actually want. If I want to be healthier and if I have a strong desire then I'm more likely going to follow through with that. Before you set resolutions or anything like that, I really want you to take a hard look at what you want and about what's realistic. And don't get me wrong, I am in the business of thinking that we can do whatever we set our minds to. I believe that. But we have to start with realistic goals. So often we try to jump to the 17th step we got to start with the first step. So when I say realistic, it's not to say, hey, you you can't go become an actress. Of course you can. It's just to say, maybe there's a few things we need to do first before we move to LA, right? So the first step to all of this is setting some realistic goals, some realistic resolutions. That doesn't mean we can't get to the 17th or the 50th step. But it means we start with step one. What are the realistic step ones? And also to set resolutions we actually want to (laughs) set. 
Not because we think we should. Not because our best friend is doing it. Not because, oh, I read an article that said this would be a good idea, but I have no interest in it. Right? We have to look at what we really, really want. So after we've done those two things, setting resolutions and goals is going to be way easier. But don't worry, I'm going to get into how to set them so we actually follow them. But first, we have to do those two things. So once we've set some realistic goals, and once we've identified that they're goals we actually want to do, we need to figure out how. We've probably all heard of the term SMART goals, but I'm going to go over it because it's really important. So SMART is an acronym. And it stands for, don't worry, I'll chat about each of these specifically, but it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Based. So SMART goals are often used in workplaces for work projects, things like that. So they're going to be used a little bit differently if you're making resolutions based on this. But I want to go into how we can actually set these types of SMART goals so they work for us instead of against us. So let's chat about each letter. The first letter, specific. If my goal is exercising, and I'm going to use that analogy because it's a really, really good analogy. It's a good example, and a lot of us can relate to it. But this can be for anything. I'm just using that as an example. If my goal is to exercise, is that a goal to lose weight? Is that my goal to feel better mentally? Does walking my dog count as exercise? Do I need to join the gym? Or like maybe doing five push-ups every morning will count as exercise? Like what does that mean? We need to get specific. That's the first step, right? And maybe you've already done that a little bit with looking at what you really want, what you really want your goals and resolutions to be. But let's get so specific. Oh, I want to I wanna get toned. So what does that mean? What can help tone my body? Or I want to have a better digestive system. And I know that exercising can help with that. So what types of exercises do I want to do, right? The more specific, the better. The second part is measurable. How will I know when I'm meeting the goal? Now, with New Year's resolutions, it's a little bit different than project at work, right? It's less of a meet a goal and then I'll stop. It's usually more of an ongoing goal or lifestyle change. But how will I measure this? Because measuring is really important. Because I know for me, I get down on myself. If I'm not seeing results, if I'm not feeling differently, if I don't see things happening, eh, I'm going to quit. So how will I measure this? With the exercise analogy, will I track my mood? You know, will I look at my waist size? Will I take a picture of how my arms look now versus later, right? How am I going to measure this? One thing that I want to caution you against with the measurable piece is oftentimes people make resolutions or goals and they will they will have it measurable with like, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. I don't think that's how we should be measuring things. We should be measuring the results. Because if it's just three times a week, like that's an arbitrary number. That means nothing, right? Let's measure the results. Let's measure what we want to get out of it. Let's measure why we have this goal. Because you guys, there have been so many times where I've written in my planner, go to the gym three times a week. 
And it doesn't happen because that's not really a measurable goal. That's just like adding a number to something, right? So recognizing the difference between kind of putting an arbitrary number on things and actually measuring the results of what we want. All right. So we have specific, we have measurable. The next one is attainable. Are my goals attainable? (laughs) Right? Like the example I gave with running. I run, let's see. I haven't run in a long time, but the last time I ran, it was like a 12 and a half minute mile. (laughs) So is an attainable specific measurable goal for me to run a seven minute mile by March? No, (laughs) absolutely not. First of all, I don't want to do that. So that, that takes that away. But second of all, that's not attainable. If I really had a passion for running and really, really had this goal of a seven-minute mile for whatever reasons it may be, maybe I could get there, but I have to start with those attainable steps, right? Those realistic steps. So that's why it's important. Again, like reach for the stars, like set any goal you want to set because you deserve to reach your dreams and your goals but we have to be attainable when doing it. We have to take one step at a time. All right. So specific, measurable, attainable, relevant. Okay. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of an example here. If I want to feel better physically, I'm not going to set a goal of going out to eat all the time. That's not a very good example because I don't know who has that goal. A better example is, you know, if I want to feel better physically, I'm not going to set a goal around my work, right? Because they're they're not relevant. And maybe that will tie in, but we have to be making sure we're setting goals related to the conflict or problem we're feeling or experiencing. Like I said a few minutes ago about setting goals that we actually want to set, setting resolutions that we want to set, and it's not just because other people are doing it or because we feel like we should or whatever it may be. But is it relevant? Is this going to help my problem? So really, really good example. I I struggle with like digestive issues, right? Not good digestive health, you know, you get it. And so when I I see all these things in the media, about different types of diets, different types of lifestyles, right? Gluten-free, dairy-free, intermittent fasting diets, um, keto diets, like all sorts of stuff like that, right? But I can't just arbitrarily pick one of those if I wanted to. I have to focus on what's relevant to me specifically, to my specific digestion issues, what is going to be relevant to me. If I'm lactose intolerant, cutting out gluten is not relevant, (laughs) right? We cut out dairy. So we have to make sure we're setting goals related to our conflicts or problems that we're experiencing. And then lastly, time-based. That's the last part of the SMART goals is time-based. And again, this one is a little bit less relevant for New Year's resolutions because they're usually more ongoing goals, but it is important to reward ourselves. It is important to have milestones, markers along the way. So maybe ask yourself, okay, I run a 12 and a half minute mile. Let me just run a 12 and a half minute mile 10 times. 
not in one day, but like 10 times, you know, 10 days, however I want to space that out before I set a goal of 12 minute, 15 second mile. Asking yourself these questions, again, the time-based relates a lot to specific, measurable, attainable, and relevant. The time-based kind of ties all of those in. And here's the thing, you guys. We cannot, we simply cannot set up these SMART goals if our mindset is not on our side. So maybe part of our SMART goals is checking back in with ourselves. Checking back in with ourselves of, you know what? This goal isn't working for me. I thought it was attainable, but it's not. And that's okay. Or I thought that this was relevant, but I'm finding out that this other thing might be a little bit more relevant. We have to continuously check in with ourselves. Or I thought I would love this and I just don't like it. (laughs) So how can I adapt to that? If you don't follow a goal, it doesn't make you a failure. It's okay, but maybe it means that our goal needs to change, or maybe our mindset needs to change, or maybe we need to just tweak some of those areas of the SMART goal. So going into the new year, I hope that we can figure out a way to not put too much pressure on ourselves. I hope we can look at our mindset. We can make realistic goals, goals that we want, goals that we can set up to be SMART goals, and recognize that whatever we do, It's going to be okay-ish. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.